Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter, Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube, like the videos, listen on Apple, Spotify, everywhere. I'm telling you, that website we've been talking about, that other stuff we've been talking about, things are coming. Things are going to be happening. It is coming. It is coming. But in the meantime, make sure you read that scoring criteria because we're going to talk MMA judging. I don't I don't want to talk MMA judging. It's not very interesting after this last card. Oh, no, it, it definitely isn't, no. No we, one was talking didn't. about it. We probably shouldn't talk about it. This might be my favorite episode ever. I, You know what? <laughs> I Once we got that first fight, which the first fight of the card had all three rounds were divided, but only on eight nines. I said to myself, I'm like, Dan's going to love this one. He's just going to be so happy. I and am. then, of course, it ends essentially the same way it began um, with a nine eight split with Judge Mike Bell being the out judge in round one of the first fight and then in round five of the final fight. Yeah. Kept the, kept the whole thing. Yep. Some bookends there. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, of course, get to the judging. Uh, we will actually do that. I was I was lying. I don't know if anybody knew that, but but I was I was just telling fibs. <laughs> but we got to get to the way that the uh, the ending of Noche UFC uh, left us, and especially left the women's flyweight division. Dan, we've got a bit of a mess here now. Uh, it's it was a draw, as we all know. Uh, Alexa Grasso keeps the belt. Alexia uh, Shevchenko, despite. Some little weirdness that led to this being the uh, the split draw. She is not the champion. But we also have two contenders in Aaron Blanchfield and Menon Firo, who look both of which as very qualified to fight next. And yet neither of them might end up fighting next, which obviously creates a bunch of either issues or solutions. It depends on your, your perspective and that kind of thing. But... Before we even get to that part, I want to ask you, Dan, how did Grasso and Shevchenko each look relative to your expectations? I thought they looked good. They looked, they looked like one and two in the division. Champion and one. They looked, I thought Shevchenko fought good. I thought Grasso fought good. They they met my expectations, I guess you could say. Do you think that maybe Grasso might have solidified the idea that, hey, the first time her win over Shevchenko wasn't like fluky or anything like that because i think a lot of people still had some doubts i mean she did enter as the underdog of course so there were enough people who doubted her ability to win it again she proved she belonged which we, we've seen that happen before when frankie edgar beat bj penn the first time and then leon edwards yeah and then the second the second time they'll everyone oh no that was just a fluke they come back and they look really really good i mean mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think she looked really really good but she proved she belonged. She looked on par, if nothing else, with Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah. Yeah. So. What about Shevchenko? Do you think she looked as good as usual? Do you think that she had maybe some room that she could have done better? What do you think about her? I guess it's that that one sequence that I was like, oh, this is deja vu all over in the fifth when she got her back taken. It was like almost the exact same thing. And then her getting dropped, I guess, was a little bit off. Too. Round two, she tumbled yeah. like Heath Herring against Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Except she didn't get speared after. No. Like Brock did. <laughs> well, see, that was the problem. That it, it, Probably Grasso would have finished it if she went for the spear. She should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I thought Shevchenko was good. I didn't think, I thought she was better than the last last fight, but so was Grasso. So. It definitely was yeah. a very good fight. I, it's... It's one of the best women's flyweight fights that I can think of. It wasn't like it was like over the top amazing, but it, I thought it was a very good, entertaining fight. 
a memorable fight, even outside of the um the result, like the actual you know yeah, scoring. No, I, I was happy with that fight. It was it was a fun fight, unlike the first right, fight. So, oh, so yeah. what do you want to do with these women now? You know, do you what do you want for both them and Blanchfield and Furo? As tough. What do you a, want? Not what the UFC wants. What do you want? As tough of a situation as is, I think it worked itself out perfectly. I think you run Shevchenko and Grasso back, being that it was such a good fight. They, sh- they shouldn't have any reservations about doing it immediately. And then we let Blanchfield and Fiora settle it them- themselves. They fight each other in a five-round fight, not a three-rounder, and decide who gets the next crack. What if they take, you know, we the last time we had this fight was, I believe it was February, right? Okay. The first fight was February, I think. Um, what if we're waiting another seven months or so to make that happen? Do you want this? I mean, I know you want things done quickly anyway, but like, do you think time should be more of a factor? Like if they can get two people together earlier, is that what you do? Ideally, I'd like them to fight. These two fights happen on the same card or, or in close, uh, close uh, time frame. Okay. So that they're kind of on a similar schedule. I think, I don't know how long Shevchenko's thumb is going to take to heal. That could throw a wrench in everything, and, and maybe they have to make a fight before this rematch. Not really sure. See, I'll tell you what. I would honestly, I, I know it's weird, and if they did do what you said, I get it. I totally do get it. But I kind of don't want them to do the immediate trilogy because I'm getting just me in general. I'm getting worn out by the same fighters fighting the same fighter for like a year and a half. It's just, I know we had some great fights between... You know, the, the men's flyweight title fights with, with Figueredo and Moreno. But, man, that just got old. Like, for me, it was just like, I think we were done. I know they were great, but, like, there's so many other great fights you can also make with other individuals fighting each other. So, if it was up to me, I actually wouldn't put Shevchenko next. But I would try to get whatever fight comes next quickly. Like, maybe maybe even january they're talking about I, I think it sounds like they would like to have it in canada that seems to be where the rumors are pointing in january i would like to get the women's flyweight title fight on that card january grasso against it probably would be blanchfield that would be my thinking well yeah blanchfield is i think she's should be the one of the two she, of so the, you would you would rank uh, them as Shevchenko, blanchfield furo and in the order that you'd want them to yeah be. i i agree with spencer Spencer Kite, he was co-host a few weeks back. He, I don't know who Spencer is. Yeah, I tried he, to see uh, a guy named Spencer in Canada, and he ducked me. <laughs> he tweeted out that Blanchfield beats both of them. Mm. So I, I kind of, I trust his reads on fighters. He's he's pretty good with that. No, no, no. Of course, and, um, and of course, I'm joking. You're you're right. Spencer does know his stuff for sure. Um, but the thing is, when if the thumb is a, is a is a quick recovery, I'd like to get Shevchenko in there as quick as possible. I think the longer you wait the more it leans in Grasso's favor. Because, I mean, probably father, you know, so, father time is not on, uh, right, on so anyone's if, side. And Shevchenko is, yeah, she's been in the game a while. She's been fighting a long time. So the miles are there. So I'd, I'd rather it sooner than later, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for New Jersey's own going in there for a title. Yeah. Again, realistically, like I still would go the other way, but I think my preference is, I mean, if, if Grasso can fight in January, if that's something that's possible or maybe early February or something like that, they really ought to just do it. Like, let's let's finish this quickly. Let's not drag this out. Let's get a result. Yeah. And really, whatever they do for the title, the other two women can fight. This that that's really it's the only thing that makes sense. These four 
in some sort of bracket or, or round robin or whatever you want to think of it as like they they all just fight each other that's kind of where we're at i think we've established that these are very clearly the four women who are at the top right now who knows who truly is the best we know who's the champion you know we know that much but i want all of them to fight each other basically in any permutation we can get i think it'd be interesting yeah and i do i want to point i know we talked about this before we started recording and you gave me a good reason why it probably doesn't happen but it makes no sense to me that a championship fight can't have an overtime round right right that, and and that needs to yeah. like what in the grand scheme of things since like tough five the tough finale doesn't matter much at all <laughs> yet it gets an overtime round to, to declare a winner uh, it, it's and, it's just silly to me like because that's kind of like it's almost a meaningless fight not to the fighters but in the grand scheme of things it, it does nothing because both fighters end up with a contract regardless it's it, it doesn't mean what it used to to win the ultimate so, fighter it just doesn't that's that's not a secret um but yes like you said i did give you a good counterpoint to that i think probably the counterpoint to that uh which is i don't know that regulations allow fights to go past 25 minutes five rounds whatever the whichever one of those it is uh at this point so i don't think you can get away with it like straight up period so they can do it for tough fights or three round fights because you can add an extra round to get the four because you're still not over five once you get to that point you can't really do it I don't think so. I'm almost positive about that. But yeah, I mean, but it should um, be an easy change to be like, well, these are the champions. They can handle it. Give them an extra five minutes. I think that's so, kind of what they look at mostly with the title fights is they get back. That, 25 minutes of MMA is a lot, you know? I know, but things like what, what happened can happen. And then we're stuck in the situation yeah. that we got to deal but with. What if, but what if somehow you have an extra round, right? Give them the extra round. And after five minutes, we have somebody who won the round but they lost a point for low blows. That person automatically, no, no, that's a sudden death. You get you you get a point taken, you lose. You foul and get a point taken, you lost. It's a DQ, auto DQ. That's it. Uh, we're changing a lot of rules here. I mean, hey, whatever. We can we can talk about whatever we want. But yeah, I I, I think I think you understand. It's really just not a reality, even if you want it. It should be though. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's just a silly thing. Like, well, why are we ending in ties? We're not soccer, Scott. And even they go to penalty kicks in big in big fights or big matches. Sorry, <laughs> big fights. They yeah. don't fight; they flop. Soccer's known for their fighting. Yeah. They fall down very yeah. quickly. Unless you're Zenadine Zidane headbutting guys in the chest. Uh, no headbutts either. Oh, he that's true. He would be disqualified. <laughs> see, Z- Zidane was. To be fair, he did that in the '90s when it was still NHB. <laughs> so he probably he would have gotten away with it. Maybe okay. he would have been a decent player. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about Zidane other than the headbutt. That's all. Yeah, I know. That's all I know. <laughs> I think I, I want to say I was at like the airport when that happened. We were like flying somewhere, like maybe to Florida or something. I don't know. I, I kind of okay. I have like vague memories of it being on a TV at like Newark Airport in the concourse or something okay. like that. That's that's like I have two memories of watching things on TV at airports. That was one like like newsworthy things. That was one. The other one was. Uh, I believe it was weird. Uh, they they finally got uh, Saddam Hussein. Oh, that's okay. I was in uh, I was in high school during that. Yeah, when they and I, would, the, I, I remember would the one at the same time. The one teacher was like, "Oh, like going crazy." I remember, <laughs> like, because they pulled the statue down and everything. And yeah, I just remember flying. I think when well, we got him out, of, they got him out of the hole, right? He was in that like spider hole. Yeah, or yeah. Anyway, we're we're very off topic. Let's <laughs> get back to fighting here. Um, let's actually move on from the title picture here and i just want to talk about jack della madalena 
okay. who got a, this, this was like the only other fight that really truly mattered in the grand scheme as you're talking about mm-hmm. um good win for an up-and-coming prospect over i think it's this is easily his best name under his belt now beating kevin holland who do you want him to fight next i i, I know you like jack della right i do i like i like jack della uh, I saw, him saw a lot of people calling out Luke saying Luke and Jack Della would be a fun fight. Uh, so I don't, I don't hate that. That'd I, be a big test. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I don't know how, if, how far or how fast you want to push Jack after this fight directly, but maybe, uh, I know Shavkat needs an opponent and he wants to fight. So, I mean, might be a bit too steep at, at, right away. Maybe Ian I Gary. Think, I think I would rather see Shavkat fight up. I think he's earned the right to go up. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I'm I'm hearing, or at least maybe it's a just suggestion that uh, it would be Ian Gary and Jeff Neal kind of makes some sense. That was wasn't okay. that a, that was the original fight I think they were supposed to have, and then it, it kind of fell apart. Um, I still want to be Wonder Boy, but it doesn't seem like that's quite in the cards. Well, I mean, um, they're paying him. They're paying a bad picture of Wonder Boy right now. Right, they're, they're, everything's coming out. Oh, he's he's turning down fights left and right. I think he's I just know. at the point in life he doesn't need to fight. Yeah. He's just I'll fight when I feel like it, who yeah. I want to feel, who I feel like I want to fight. Let him do it. Mm. Whatever. <laughs> he fought a bunch of people. He was a championship level fighter. He was a he himself was a draw away from becoming a champion. Yeah. Some people thought that he won one of those two or even both of those fights against Tyra Woodley. So I, I have no problem with it. He can do what he <laughs> wants, man. Um, nicest guy, nice, nicest stem effort in the game, right? He is. He's the NMF. Yeah. That's what they say. Although I heard he's evil behind closed doors. It's possible. I could see that. I, I just made that up. I could honestly. see it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, here's the other thing I would ask about Jack Della. Because if they do push him on, and he, he was talking uh, post-fight last night about wanting to, kind of aspiring to the way Kevin Holland fights, where he fights off and he keeps busy. He doesn't, you know, stay sidelined and... Yeah, Jack Dallas fought twice in the last couple of months. Obviously, he had one fight fall apart, but he did get back in there right mm-hmm. now. If he does get in there, let's say one or two more times in the first, you know, roughly half of the year, let's say Australia gets another UFC card in the fall. Do you think they push him into a title fight? Probably not. Uh, not off. You don't think not, so? not off one win, maybe off two, but not. It would not, depend on who, though. Yeah, it would, it would. It depends who he fights next. Obviously. What if he would? Let's let's. Here's a scenario. What if they say? Jack Della Maddalena against Kamaru Usman next, and he beats Usman. Can he leapfrog? I'm just, I don't think they do it, but like, I think Bilal loses his absolute mind, and rightfully so, <laughs> if that happens. Well, what if Bilal gets his shot in the early part of the year? Okay, if, if Bilal actually gets his shot, then yeah. I'm okay. not saying he leapfrogs necessarily. We're still like, talking about like November, you know, September, October, November kind of situation. Like, supposedly Kobe's supposed to get his shot, then Bilal's supposed to get his shot. Then yeah, Shaft, yeah. where does Shaftcat fit in the mix? Well, Maybe Shaftcat at that point would be fighting someone like Jack Della, depending. You know, you got you got good problems at welterweight, I think. But it, it may well, be it, the fighters, but it may be it may be a little deep to get him there for one fight, unless he, like you said, he goes out and beats Kamara Usman convincingly. So I think beating Kamara Usman anyway would be pretty good. Oh, uh, of course it'd be. be a, I'm not well, saying like, they'd make this fight even. I don't. I don't know why Kamara would take that fight. To be perfectly honest, he would not. But uh, I mean, we're obviously talking about hypotheticals here. Um, that was that was all I had kind of coming off of, you know, storyline wise. But the, we do have an adventure in officiating, an adventure in refereeing, my friend. Um, in the Edgar Chires fight against Daniel Lacerda, what went down initially as a technical submission victory for Chires 
because Chris Tognoni, referee, stopped the fight. It ended up getting overturned on review. Of course, everybody was very unhappy with the way this happened. You, why don't you break down kind of what happened real quick in the sequence? Basically, uh, Shirez gets a standing arm in guillotine attack, pretty much. He kind he's kind of doing it as a as an anaconda kind of kind of that grip. But he, he yeah yeah that's what it looked like. He kind of loses that grip and it's kind of almost guillotine style. And then uh, Shirez just lets his hand go limp, his arm. He just lets it flop. And Tonyoni's like, oh, he's out. You know, it's over. Stops the fight. Lacerda's like, I'm sorry, not Shirez. Very much standing on his own. Yeah, Lacerda drops it, let his arm go limp. He stops it. Lacerda's like, what are you doing? I I was fine, blah, blah, blah. Um, They see the replay. Tonyoni apologizes, said I made a mistake. Sorry, they overturn it to a, a no contest. Dominic Cruz loses his mind. (laughs) <laughs> DC's kind of like eh, it's bad it's not good John Annick's trying to like be the middleman a little bit John, John is always so, trying to be if not the voice of reason the um the, the 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 kind of the one who brings it back to more sensible regions of conversation yeah I, I have this I watched the the post fight with Dean Thomas and I I feel the same as Dean it's like there's no reason to let your arm go limp like that I don't I mean I'm only a blue belt Dom, I'm sure he's a black belt, much more experienced than me, but I'd never heard of just letting your arm hang as the defense to a guillotine. That Dean I, knows this stuff too, so he's speaking from a position yeah. of authority as well. Dean is saying you don't just let your arm go limp. You got You it's your responsibility to make sure the referee doesn't think you're out. Like and Dom say no, you shouldn't have to give a thumbs up. Well, you know what? Maybe it helps. Like Tonyoni has has years of wrestling experience. I don't know his, his jujitsu experience, but he's been in the too. game forever. So. He yeah. knows he knows what a guillotine is. They were, the commentary was making out like this guy's never touched a mat in his life, which is which is unfair. But it's still a very regrettable situation. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Dom and and to an extent DC, who kind of just jumped in with him. Um, I don't know that we had to go so berserk here, especially because we do have the process. We're in a com- uh, commission that is going to go through all the the correct processes figure out, okay, we don't have to have this be a straight-up submission loss for this guy. Now, granted, he's still robbed of the opportunity to try and get a win, uh, Daniel Lacerda is, and, and so is Ekaterius for that matter, but it's still not the worst of results like we're let's let's let them play it out let's let's we've seen this happen this is not the first time it's not the first time DC or well they're both DCs yeah it's not the first time the DC crew has ever experienced this so it it's it's frustrating when all they do is just kind of sit there and whine and whine and whine and whine and whine look we get it it was a bad stoppage it was a bad stoppage no one's calling it anything other than that you know let it work its way out you know also, I mean, we have we have these guys. They, they're actively, especially DC. Uh, I said DC again. They're both DCs. Dom. We have Dominic Cruz at one point actively walking through the motions of how are you supposed to score certain things during fights, and 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 he just doesn't know the rules, which is ridiculous because not only is he talking about the rules, but he was a fighter who was was probably still the most accomplished bantamweight champion that we've ever had and how did he win most of the time on the cards it's like yeah. he lucked into it yeah it really is it's like he point fighted his way to a you know a great career he point fighted with a strategy that had no basis in the actual reality of point fighting 
which is so crazy. He may have read the boxing rules. Yes, he did because he talks <laughs> so, about ring generalship every week. He actually, I don't think he did this week. To be fair, it's. Uh, I, I want to say it's unfair that you know all the progress we kind of made. So it get, it takes a step or two back every time Dom commentates, and and we have a night like we had. You know, I knew I knew once we got the the Daniel Cormier and and Dominic Cruz team that we were going to have a night like that. They're the ones who go on the worst tangents and rants and that kind of thing. There's no balancing it out. At least we do have John Anik there who is very concerned with being familiar with the rules and that kind of thing. He's at least got that. He certainly has his opinions and he tends to share them on Anakin Florian, their podcast, but he does often leave that off and leave it to his color commentators to kind of discuss that kind of thing during the broadcast. But it's still just like, you know, once they're there, all they're going to do is go off on total tangents about the rules and how they don't know them, but they're talking about them like they do. And it's just crazy. Like, it's just I, driving me up the wall. Talk about, talk us through the other stuff. Now, granted, this was a situation where you're going to talk about that, but at least know how it works. Yeah. And, and, and another point saying, you know, such a, just restart the fight. Why is this not an option? This makes no sense that you cannot restart from there after a replay situation. It's just so stupid. There is no reason that this fight could not have restarted. It's, it's a weird thing, right? Like, I, I don't know. I, that's like a whole nother conversation. I feel like we could get into a whole nother day as far as that because i don't want to i don't want to delay too much from getting on to these rounds we got a bunch of rounds we i know talk about. Look, okay let me, let me i'll end it here we don't have a fight card coming up but we have a, a project we're, we're leaning towards doing right mm-hmm. with you know rule rules oriented where we have ideas i'll talk about everything there all right so we'll table that talk you'll have all my solutions that should be implemented in, immediately in due time <laughs> immediately in due time those are at odds sir no, no, no. The rules should be Im- implemented immediately, but you'll have them voiced out in due time. Ah, now. Yes. All right. But anyway, um, that that out of the way, let's talk quick about the unanimity report and then get into why we have the unanimity report that we have. 20 rounds scored, 11 of them unanimous. Not the greatest unanimity that we've ever seen. 55%. Usually we're closer to 75, it's, 80. Yeah, the... And that uh, the average things happen. average event this year so far is seventy four point five five percent unanimity. So far below, uh, but it's because five of the nine rounds that are contested were eight nine splits. I don't think we've ever had anything close to this, Dan. No, we didn't. I can't remember a time where we even had like four, or maybe even three. Yeah, we might have and, had. Three. And just so you know, just so you're aware, descent percentage and unanimity percentage are two different things. Descent means you yeah. went the opposite round winner mm-hmm. unanimity in corp encompasses the degree to the win so yeah just so so it's basically clear. just any round where they don't 100 percent agree would be unanimity yeah descent when i talk about descents and that kind of thing with the data that i keep that is specifically like dan said um with with the round winner um i, ca- I count the eight nines a little differently because it, it's tough to group that in eight eights and nines it's such a it's it's almost its own beast. Like you can't really group it together in that particular way. But just for just for the sake of what we talk about on this show, that's how we we discuss it. So let's get into it though. And I think we're going to be talking very much so early on about our eight nines. But we do have to get to one of the one of the rounds in uh, Brasso and Shevchenko that was not the eight nine split. This was this was more or less the deciding round of the of the yeah. fight when it really comes down yeah. to it. Um, 
is round four. Round five is the one where we have the the eight nine split that we'll get into. But anyway, the the scores ended up being by the way forty eight forty seven. Uh, 48, 47, the other way, and 47, 47. The 47, 47 came from uh, Mike Bell. Uh, Grasso's card came from Janitro Camillo, and Sal D'Amato had the Shevchenko 48, 47. That's right, right? Yes. Yeah, so let's dive in to round four first, which, again, we're only talking about who won the round here. Yeah, this was this was a super close round. Uh, I think Shevchenko's winning at distance. On the feet, she's landing pretty good. But then... She goes for the takedown. She's stuck in a a front headlock where Grasso lands four knees to the head. Now, during this, Shevchenko's putting her hand on the mat. You know, trying hey, to play this game. Trying to play this game. And, her, and we learn you need two hands in Nevada to be considered down, which is insane. Let's, let's just, it's so stupid. Get rid of that. I'll, you know, I'll talk about that later also. Um, but in the midst of it, she's arguing with Herb Dean. So this is telling me that these. You know, while they look good, they don't, they're not that effective. If she can, if she can argue, I mean, it's, it's just not really there as well I as, mean, as, she's it, as it could be. On in the face. She's getting landed on her head. So. Yeah. On the break uh, of the clinch, Shevchenko lands a nice elbow that cuts Grasso open. And then, you know, for the rest of the round, uh, she wins at distance. It, it is a very close round though. Eileen Shevchenko, 10-9. I did lean Shevchenko 10-9. I actually, I was watching it live. I watched it again today. And man, I was I was even more torn than I was the first time. I still, you know, I'm not going to change my score. I feel still good about it. I can defend it. But Grasso, man, I I thought those knees counted pretty well. They were they were some of the heaviest strikes all around. I think I know what you're saying with like, oh, she's still talking to the referee. But like, but again, her face is not being impacted. It's not like her jaw is is a problem, you know. So like, I mean, no, I can no, talk to not, somebody while someone's hitting me on no, the head. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying she's having a conversation. While she's got, it's like a fly in your face. Like it's more of an annoyance. It's coming off as mm-hmm. like, hey, she's kneeing me in the head. My hands down. What do you? And meanwhile, you just keep smacked in the head. But that can come down to the like, person, though. Some, some people are just able to do that, you know. Just like whatever. I would, I would bank that Valentina Shevchenko is the type of person who could do that. Sure, sure. So. But I mean, I, I don't, I don't, all I'm saying is, I don't think it necessarily means that they weren't landing hard. Okay. Maybe agree to disagree. Maybe sure. on that one, but. But but anyway, I I still ended up on the same side as you. I just thought it was very close. I'm I'm very okay with it going to Grasso. I think that seemed like initially it seemed like that was the way a lot of people were leaning. But then we ended up having uh, all the scores posted afterward on uh, MMA decisions, and they pulled a ton of scores. So if if we have a split majority here, or a split majority, I should say, if we're split evenly between 48-47 Grasso, 48-47 Shevchenko on MMA decisions. We're talking about pretty much everybody almost definitely had round four as the decider, I would think. So pretty much this can realistically go either way. I think a lot of people would have felt, and I think it's justified in this case. Um there was the there was a weird, by the way, there was a from Jed Mishu of of MMA fighting. He had like a 4746, which meant he had 10 eights on each side. And the so, whole conversation after this fight was that there's no 10 eights. So it's like, what are you doing? Well, that uh, I remember. I remember seeing conversation that okay, if round five is a ten eight, then so is round three. That's yeah, fine. Okay. That's the conversation. I mean, that's, I it saw. is fine, but it's also just oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I think it's totally justified to go one way or the other. We both had Shevchenko. We saw it the same way as judges Mike Bell and Salamato. It was Junichiro Camillo who saw this round and the fight for Grasso. So um, yeah, I, I don't. 
think anybody was really getting upset or up in arms about this except for crazy people. Yes, quite a few of them. Um, oh, there's so many. There's oh, so my many. God. But, you know. Yeah. They have a disproportionate platform on uh, – <laughs> I, I always say Twitter, but I know it's called X now. I just, I can't call it X. It's just, anyway. What if, what if every time you logged in, a DMX song played? I might start changing okay. my mind, but it also <laughs> doesn't. So we don't live in that reality, sir. Okay. Um, let's go to round five. This is the round that, of course, everybody's really dying to listen to, I think, or talk about. This, yeah, this is the round. Uh, Shevchenko's looking like she's about to, you know, go on, probably win four rounds to one, basically. Depending on how you scored. Yeah. Um, she doesn't because of what happens, but she's, she's jabbing away really, really kind of almost taken over. But at the same time, she's really just using her jab. Nothing much else besides that. They're pretty stiff ones though. And then deja vu, almost the same exact sequence. All of a sudden Grasso is on Shevchenko's back and she's looking for a choke. The first attempt. Looked and like landing it. some punches too. She's landing yeah. some punches. Well, down. okay. She does have that big flurry of ground and pound. Yeah, that was the first I, thing. I I thought she caught a lot of triceps and biceps and shoulders. I don't. I, I know. I know some got through for sure. There's some definitely getting but through. I don't. I didn't. But you're think, right. There's some that are blocked. I think a good amount of them were blocked. And I don't, then, I don't know because I just watched it. I don't know that I see it necessarily as like a good amount of them are blocked. You know what is a good amount? I guess there's but, there's a there's a chunk of them that are blocked. It's not it's not unimpeded. But then there's then there's a a situation where Shevchenko stops moving for like five seconds and she's like absorbing these in her arms or, or to the face. And it's like, well, what's going on here? What are you doing, uh, Valentina? And then, you know, she comes to, and then they scramble. Yeah. She's going to, you know, go for the rear naked choke. We have a terrible view of it uh, from the camera that they should. it's like, we're overhead. We can't see if it's under, we don't know how tight it is, but what we do know is it's a clear grasso round. She wins it 10, nine. I would think so. That's, I, you, know, you started seeing the conversations, and I think even Michael Bisping. He scored it for Shevchenko, and I don't scored it for Shevchenko. And look, I, I don't want to sit here and say it's impossible to give that round to Shevchenko, but I think if one of the judges had given that round, I think we would look at it and we would say this is a clear round the other way. Yeah, I don't think it, I, I don't I think wouldn't. it would be a great score. It wouldn't be. Valentina wouldn't be. As salty again, as not the was. most indefensible one, I guess, is all I'm really saying. I think it's tough. I think it's tough it's too. It's a tough one, dude. We've seen some bad ones this year. <laughs> it's, all right, it's true. Yeah, we got a yeah. We have a whole <laughs> spreadsheet. In context, my man. We got a whole spreadsheet of them. Uh, yes, we do. But yeah, I I, I think this is just a, a nine. I mean, you, I did put I I did mention this. I did. No, I think about it. This is actually a nine. I I'm I mentioned this just because I saw a lot of stats being thrown out as the people's defense, saying how can someone score a ten eight if they win if they get outstruck twenty three to twenty in a round mm-hmm. and i just pointed out i said listen you can score you can get a 10-8 and the loser of the round isn't shut out they can have some success and still lose the round 10-8 that's all i said uh mm-hmm. some people didn't think that was uh true well there's although it is. there's somebody who someone like every so often i see see this shared on uh on twitter that it's like an old tweet from somebody saying like Twitter will take your words and they'll and the people on Twitter will take your words and they're always twisted into something else. You could say like, I like pancakes and someone would be like, oh, so you hate waffles? It's like, no, I don't hate waffles. I said I like pancakes. Yeah. That's a whole other different thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And that is that's kind of what happens out of these. It's crazy. But yeah, t- I, I think this should be a 10-9. It, it for, should uh, be. For sure. I, I, I don't think there's any, I don't think you have to qualify it in any way. This, this is. This really ought to be a 10-9. This wasn't a good score to give uh, the eight here. 
I, I will say, watching it live, I at least had it go through my head as this sequence is playing out. I'm like, are we starting to get anywhere near the eight? And I said, no, no. I just didn't think we were. Mm. Um, but like, you know, it was just one of those things like, when it changes so drastically there and things are going one way, you at least got to think about it, you know? Well, so little insight into how I, I get my notes. Mm-hmm. When I'm watching around, I'm trying to score it. And then I'm like, is this around? I'm going to have to, are we likely to discuss how close is it? <laughs> and then. Do I have to talk about this one? Do I have to care ex- about this? Exactly. One? And then after I score it and, and, you know, parse through the round, I'm like, okay, probably should get some notes on this one. So I don't have to watch it again. Um, I do the same thing when it starts reaching potential 10-8 uh, territory. So that mm-hmm. happened rather often the other night. Um, I did not start writing notes uh, for this round. Sure. Because I thought it was going to be I, a clear nine. So I think that's fair. Um, the only thing you think is, you know, are, are things getting overweighted? You know, are, are we basically just weighing too heavily what is happening in this final sequence? You know, there there's speculation that, oh, it's because – the, the crowd is so pro-grasso. It's very loud. It's like, these guys have been in very loud arena. I don't think that's what happened. You know? No, no. They, they're... Could, could, could Mike Bell have, who's the one who gave the eight here, could he have overweighted what is happening? Yeah, I would think he definitely, in this case, I think he absolutely did. But would it have been different if he was sitting in a room, a soundproof room like I always see? I don't think so. And I, think, and I do think it makes it harder in a lot of scenarios for you to be able to hear how well those things are landing. Because even in a loud arena, probably maybe not in the loudest ones, right? Maybe that stuff does get drowned out. But we've been to live fights and I've been very close to watch fights before, even at the UFC level in the Madison Square Garden and everywhere. And you can hear stuff. It, it helps to know. Going to a soundproof room doesn't help you. Uh, Dean Thomas did point that out. He said, you have to take into account their perspective. They, they are seeing things different than what you're seeing on TV. And then Anthony, Anthony Smith said something stupid that I was like, (laughs) shut up. And then Dean went into the other things, but whatever, (laughs) just stop. Yeah. But but, I mean, look, I don't think it's defendable. I don't think a nine is, I don't think an eight here is defendable. That's what it is. We shouldn't see rounds like this scored as an eight. It's unfortunate it happened in this particular spot because it did turn a, a result that was definitive. It would have been definitive in some way into one that is much less so now. Um, and that is the real shame of it is I don't think it's necessarily robbery that Shevchenko doesn't get the win because we are talking about a close round four. Yeah. There's, I, I, you know, it's, it's t- entirely justified to say there are ways that this fight could have ended with Grasso winning if another person sits in one of the two chairs that are occupied by mike bell and saldomato maybe grasso wins that fight you know it's it's very okay to go that way so the the idea that we have like a a bad result in terms of who gets to leave with the belt i have no problem with that it's dissatisfying that we have a draw because it shouldn't be but it is what it is we've we've unfortunately seen fifth rounds of title fights that were not scored the best way leading to Divisions being held up. The men's flyweight division we talked about. Junichiro Kamijo scored the fifth round of the first. No, was it the first? Yeah, the first fight between Brandon Moreno and Davis and Figueredo. Scored the fifth round for Moreno, which we've looked at many times, and neither one of us can defend that score. We don't think it's a good score. And it 
led to three more fights so, between these two people. So you're saying Junichiro Kamijo is the X factor. Every time he he does a, a, a tw- 125 pound title fight, men or women, it's going to lead to a quadrilogy. All I'm saying is he lords <laughs> over the divisions with an iron fist. No, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but look, these things these things happen in MMA. Gus Johnson. Yeah. Um, it it really is unfortunate, but and to beat the dead horse a few more times, it's it is what it is. We we are stuck with this result, and we can only hope that you know judges such as Mike Bell and and other judges in general take this on the chin and and learn from it, and and hopefully we can avoid situations like that in the future. You know, he's a good judge. And as that's another theme I saw from a lot of people was there was frustration that it was Mike Bell, especially because so many people stuck up for him oh my God. as a good judge and still view him as a good judge, but that this was a bad result. Imagine it was Sal. Oh yeah. No, that, that would, that would be the end. Twitter would have gone. Insane. Twitter would have exploded. Mm-hmm. The other thing to keep in mind too about, about Mike Bell, he is historically one of the most likely judges to give a nine, an eight compared to a nine. Yeah. He's got a very high percentage of over the last six years or so, giving the eight as the lone guy versus giving the nine as the lone guy. One of the highest ones out there, especially of the, the traveling level. The only one that I think I off the top of my head, the one that comes closest is uh, Guillermo Bravo. Okay. Guillermo Bravo. He, uh, he has 10 if I, off the top of my head, he has 10 times where he was the eight and everyone else was a nine. And it's never been the other way, at least in the last six years in the UFC Man. specifically. I mean, yeah. So, so there's, there's, there's company there, but, but that's about it. More judges, I think, of the experience type are, are still more willing to give the eight than not, but he is more the outlier that way. So I'm not surprised that he's the one that's in this scenario. That doesn't mean he's ever wrong when he does those things. I think he's wrong here, but I don't think that's an indicator that he does it too much. It's just that he's more likely to. That's really all that means. Okay. I think uh, is the horse sufficiently over dead? Yeah. Let me let me just say, and also the oh, uh, one more whack on the horse. What yeah. The uh, there was no Mexican home cooking. No, there at all. Wasn't. So I mean, I think Shevchenko should kind of kind of curb that a little bit. Well, she's always she complaining. Was, she was quite she, salty. There's well, she is. By definition, very salty. Um, I think we've we've done this one. The horse is so dead. Yeah. It's already grew now. Let's move on to let's move on to the next fight, which actually has, like I said, all three rounds are eight nine splits, going all the way to the beginning of the prelims here. Not really an impactful fight in in the grand scheme here, but uh, Josephine Knutson got the win over Marnik Mann, unanimous nod, 30-24. Don't say that one a lot. 30-25. And 3027. So we have one person who said these are all eights. And we had another person who said these are all nines. Here we go. <laughs> Round one, man. I'll preface I want to preface the whole fight. All right. That all these rounds are different rounds than what we're typical uh, of seeing. What do you mean different rounds? They're you different mean, like, rounds. They deserve a different score. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to like say that. I say it, yeah. Okay. But what we have, I didn't I didn't get that to give different score okay uh, round one she dominates the round it's easily her round dominations there i think she lacks damage she did get some good shots but i don't there's no real sustained offense uh she didn't pass to mount until about 45 seconds left and she did want to posture up to drop bombs she just couldn't i mean she's doing these little side elbow things that those are good i i just think this is a solid nine 
Marduk Man is doing anti-fighting, though. That's why. She's truly just that's, holding okay. on. Okay, that's, that's something else I want to get to, too, that whole discussion. Mm-hmm. When you ask yourself, does the did the fighter earn the nine? Probably not. But then you got to ask, did the other fighter earn the eight? And I also think probably not. Mm-hmm. Which one take which which one takes precedence? Which one should be the one that 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 has to be answered first? I suppose that's a philosophical question. So you're you're saying this is a nine though? I think this is just a real solid nine. I wish we had more tools to give a different score. I yeah. would love for this to be hard coded. This is an eight round. The CSJ eight for sure. Yeah, I 100% agree. It fits the bill of our couchside judges like, scoring eight. I just I found I mean the common we do the other fights that way. Common theme is a lot of lulls in action. Yeah. Uh, for this whole fight for me. So, but I I I just like a nine better here. I and I I'm, and I'm just saying I have no issue with an eight. I just like a nine better. The reason why I actually went the other way from you and I gave this one an eight is because of the big issue that we have right now with the scoring and with the criteria is that we have written criteria that has not been updated significantly in each of the last two years ever since in practice in commissions like Nevada um really Nevada especially but a lot of them feed off of Nevada that we're looking only for damage first we need that d to get to the eight and if you can't get that one it's not going to be an eight so it doesn't matter if you have dominance and duration which by the written rules, you can have two Ds to consider an eight. Mm-hmm. You can consider it. You don't have to go there. You can consider it. I look at this round by those written criteria, and I say, I see dominance because we have a fighter who has completely outclassed the other because Marnik Man didn't do anything. I agree. And we had some nice offense, not amazing offense, but nice offense from Knudsen. I thought that was that was dominance there. We have for duration. We have a long period of time where Knudsen is very dominant. See, I agree. I, and I think we've got two Ds here. There's no dom. I'm not giving damage. But yeah. because of that, I can go to the eight. And I think I feel okay with that because Marduk Man did nothing. She didn't do anything. She's anti-fighting right. at the end. She's I, holding I, on. I understand. She's really just trying to get there, not for the last few seconds, but for at least the last minute. She's just holding on. It was like 45 seconds. She's just holding on. But I, that's my, that's where I'm at. When do you start counting duration? Because there was a lot of times she's just in half guard applying shoulder pressure. Just holding there, so I didn't. Sure. I didn't check off duration. That's fine, but that's okay. It's it, but like I said, it's a different round. It's like there's no, yeah. there's no way you can ever say man w- was competitive in this round. So no, maybe that she wasn't. She was not in this so, fight. Period. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you in the sense that the way things are scored these days, you're supposed to give this one a nine. You are supposed to. That's what's expected of you if you're an official. You're supposed to give this one a nine. Written rules be damned. But I'm going to put it out there as I give it an eight because I think it's a different round and I think the rules do support it. I don't think I don't think I'm going rogue here in terms of the actual written criteria. But the main issue I have is that we haven't actually updated it to account for this. We're just doing this unofficially. And that's what's it drives me nuts now that we've gone through two commission annual conferences. No changes to this, but this is still in practice and it's frustrating. Do one, like do it this way because it's it's totally at odds with the actual written rules. It's technically speaking still within them, right? Because yeah. you only have two Ds, so you can consider it. And we're telling you don't consider it if it's not damage. So it's not it's not breaking the rule, but it's also ignoring the rules as they are written. It's, you're 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 kind of tweaking them in a way. 
So I, I, that's what's frustrating to to me by this point. For a little while, I gave it a grace period. Now I'm I'm over it. I'm I'm starting to get frustrated. Okay. So they got they got to make the change. Um. At any rate, Mike Bell was the one who had the eight. Sal D'Amato and Brian Miner they gave this one uh, the nines. Uh, round two. There's not much more we have to say. Probably want to say anything different about this round? No. Okay. It was basically the same. Uh, same discussion. In this case, though. Oh, oh, are you saying for round two? Do I have anything? Yeah, I want round to say? two. Oh, yeah, round two. I think the damage is higher. Okay, for sure. Yeah, especially on, especially on the feet. On the feet, she's landing hard at distance. Those knees to the body were were very good. But again, she just clinches and does nothing with the clinch. Maybe a punch or two here and there, and then it's body, body, head, body, body, head, stuck in half guard for almost the entire time they're on the ground and then she does the classic dan urban grappling where oh i heard the warning bell go off okay i can i can open up a little bit because i don't have to worry about getting stuck in a bad position if things go badly and and fire and rains you know some good punches in the final seven seconds i believe that's called urban warfare true all right <laughs> it, it, this is uh, i only went nine again but i i i think you can get there because she did have more damage there i i I might want to if by this I time the damage is checked though. That's the funny thing. I do think it was checked a little bit. Mm, a little bit more. The, but no, at no time in this, in this fight, will I say, was I worried about a stoppage coming? Sure. Like, man was never in danger of being stopped. That doesn't, I, it doesn't need to get to that point. As, as a fan, I was frustrated as hell watching this fight <laughs> because I'm like, just end it already. You are head and shoulders above this, this woman. Just end it. Do something to end this fight. Like, just just end it already. She played it and, too safe. And she, she didn't. And if I was cage side, that would have never crossed my mind as, you know, I'm there to do a job. But as a fan watching at home, it's like, this sucks. Just win already. <laughs> like, you can Yo, do it. I want to I go get a snack. Like, And I wonder if that played a little bit. I tried to watch it again, and I kind of came to the same conclusion. Like, okay, I can, I can see an eight here for round two. I probably may may go eight in that final ten seconds because she had a real good burst. Um, but I'm gonna stick with my my live score of nine. So, yeah, I I again I went the other way. I gave this one an eight. It is a little bit stronger of a round. I think I think if you go eight and one, you got to go eight and two. Well, that's another thing. That's another thing. Once you, if you're a judge, like once you kind of set the bar in in a round, like you kind of have to be able to do that throughout the fight, right? Like if if Round one is an eight. If Mike Bell scores that as an eight, he can't look at a round that was better in round two and say, well, there's only a nine. Yeah. He's kind of locked in, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's kind of a weird thing to look at because really you should still be just scoring based on everything. But once you're in that fight, that it's you've kind of set the rules of engagement, or not the rules of engagement, but the rules of how we score this fight personally with that eight. And I, you know, that's probably a good reason why we don't see as many eights in the first round. That is a little bit more of a reluctant round for people to go eight mm. historically, unless it's a bit, I mean, sometimes it's there. Sometimes you just, you know what you saw and that's an eight. But in around like round one, I can see why just in general, judges, uh, D'Amato and Minor might've been reluctant to pull the, pull the eight there. Um, but again, Judge Bell is a little more likely to pull the eight anyway. So that's again, not surprising that he mm -hmm. did it there. Um, in this case though, it was Bell and D'Amato round two had for eight, had the eight and it was minor who was uh just the nine um i guess i probably should just put it out there right mike bell gave all the eights yeah and minor gave all the nines so yeah at this point i think we can figure out how the scores got to what they were right um but yeah i mean it's the same reasoning same reason why i gave the eight as the last one i think 
I think I can check two off. I still don't think I'm getting damage. I actually don't. Um, but it just seems more easy for me to get to the get to the the two other D's okay. this time. So yeah, I'm 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 going there. I've already said it. That's an eight. So this one's an eight too. All right. Round three, man. Round three, she she gets it to the ground pretty quick, and she's there the whole time. And I, I actually do think she started trying to open up a little bit more. She had some good offense. And this is the one I kind of wish I went three. Uh, I'm sorry, went eight on mm. the uh, live because I didn't. I was over this fight by this point. I just <laughs> I just kept yelling. This is why you didn't get a contract week one. This is why you didn't get a contract. Just finish. Um, but on on the rewatch, I do kind of wish I went eight. Uh, this this was total domination. Uh, she had good damage for the whole round, pretty much. I, I think uh, I should have went eight here. So it's definitely the closest to getting it, it. It's the biggest round she had. Yeah, it is. But I still don't even get to the damage here. I actually still don't. I don't. I don't think we have someone who's landing such a such a uh, a level of damage that you say, "Oh wow, this is this is big." You know, it's different. It's still different because she's still not. My man is still doing nothing. She got the fourth D. Different. Oh, okay. D. Yeah, I like that. That's the fourth D. They should put that in. Yeah, and, no way to and man, that. man checked off the fifty defensive. Defensive. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Me, you know what? Maybe that should be the other. D. Maybe <laughs> there should be a fourth D there. Like if if the other fighter is defensive, just just straight up defensive and not fighting, fighting defensively in in a way that is anti-competitive and anti anti-fighting. Yeah. Maybe that's one that should say you know you can check that off and say hey I think we got a D here I don't know well let's explore that I just thought of that at the moment mm. um, based on kind of what you said but then it's you know. We need we need something. We need we need to do something here about the idea of a, f- a fighter like this who's not trying to she's really not trying to win the fight. She's just not getting destroyed to the same degree that she would otherwise. And I I don't think that's something that should get I think that's something that should get punished in the scoring. Yeah, and, um, and the, anyway. the sixty destroyed would fall under damage. Ooh, yeah. Let's just yeah. You know what? Let's let's make it like three thousand D. <laughs> But find a, find a reason to get every D in the dictionary in there. D dictionary. There we go. Uh, <laughs> if someone starts laying a bunch of words out there, SAT words, then they get a yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, nothing different here. You had a nine, I had an eight. It was uh, same as last round. Bell and D'Amato had the eight. Minor had the nine. That's all we got. That's all we got. That's all we got. At least for oh no, for this fight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we do have one more. Of these eight nines to be talking about here before we kind of get into you know the last three are just going to be who won the round and that's in a fight that did not go a whole lot longer after round one lupi godinez finishes off at least reed submission by a rear naked choke in round two but she had a really great first round so what happens in this round man? yeah so reed gets dropped by by lupi she gets her back taken and she start and she has to defend these rear naked choke attacks and then with like a minute minute 10 left about loopy switches to an arm bar and reed's arm is just completely extended hyper extended for i don't know 55 seconds or so i mean credit to elise for not tapping but her elbow definitely hurts today there's something wrong with it i'm almost positive today i herb dean is getting nervous like it's misha tate ronda rousey one where he was like hovering over them yeah, at one point like tate's arm remember her arm got basically like just twisted around like a like a candy cane kind of i remember how arms work and i remember that one doing what it's not supposed to do yeah just like and that's where it was heading for me especially once he started going down towards the leg i'm like oh this is gonna be nasty i am wait i'm just waiting for the snap um it it, credit to elise it doesn't snap but i this is i think this is high damage in in grappling terms in a grappling sense 
dominance for sure, and it, that was for a long period of time. So I do think you have some. You have three Ds here uh, to go ten eight, and that's where I went ten eight. This is definitely the strongest eight that we had. This is the one where I'm actually a little surprised that it wasn't unanimous. I'm I'm not super surprised because there's still kind of like, well, what do you do with grappling damage? Exactly, you know? it has to be defined. That's, that's it's it's like it's such a it's such a elusive. Um, definition right now that probably needs to be tightened up well i would say almost definitely needs to be tightened up so i can understand in that context why it's a why it's a split here especially now like a few years ago before of course the point of demarcation blahovich versus adesanya before that fight i think this is an eight everyone's yeah. gonna see an eight and then we're done but this it, it's changed a little bit i don't necessarily hold it against judge saldomato here for giving the nine but i feel like we watched an eight in this round um you and i agree mike bell brian minor they saw this week brian minor notably did not give uh any eights in that last fight we just talked about but this one he saw as an eight and i think i think he was just about here yeah um i can see it and you you also have that the th the saying that we we've been told would you rather be knocked out almost knocked out once or almost submitted 10 times yeah you would you'd rather be almost submitted because you know typically there's no damage in submissions Typically, because it's mostly chokes in MMA. MMA. Joint locks. Sure, but are we are talking about an armbar. But we, in We're this sense, yes, in this sense, we are talking about an armbar, <laughs> which makes I think this is the funniest thing. I mean, it's not funny, but she let her arm get get severely damaged in round mm -hmm. one for her to go out in round two and tap to a choke instead of just go to sleep. It's like you should have tapped earlier then if that's what you're going to do. I mean, it's just a chokehold. You're going to sleep. Like maybe the arm was hurting more up. at that point. I don't know. <sighs> I find it. I found it hilarious, actually. I don't know. So, I mean, you know, well wishes on a recovery for Elise Reed. I think she's probably sort of okay. That you know, I don't think it was like jacked up in in, in such a bad way. We've seen worse, right? But her, like her arm's know, hurting. She's still gonna have to recover from that to some degree. So, but anyway, we're we're all we're at least on the same page here, you and I, on the on the eight here. Uh, let's move on to uh, we're done with the eight nines here, right? Yeah. They, now it's just the boring round winners. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny, by the way. I think we, I think we talked about in sequence all five of the eight nines from weakest to strongest case. Okay. I think that's actually how it happened, right? Because we feel that like is, in, yeah. in, in Newton fight, one was that way, then two was a little better, then three was a little better than that. Yeah. And then the first you. one we we said there's no case, and then this one we said yeah, it's pretty yeah. strong. Case. Yeah. 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 Look at that. That was that was not planned. I didn't do it that way. Dan, Dan knows I, I changed the structure of the fights we talk about. Sometimes he'll just list them in the way they happened, and and I was going to mess with it, and I'm sure it bothers him. But it know. doesn't bother me. It no. bothers me more how you write TKO. Oh, we don't need to bother more people with that. That's, that's a whole nother. <laughs> but I, whole nother. actually, I do want to point out one thing. Ah, uh, what do you want? In that last fight was round one, and you mentioned less likely to go eight in round one. That's true. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we have any data that backs that up. Do we? Um. I haven't done the research on that. That's that's going to take me a long time, but I I could do that one. I'll probably find it. Clean up my house right now. I because now my kids are in school, like full day school. Because my my preschooler last year is in kindergarten now. Nice. He used to be in for just two and a half hours. So I would come home. And I have no time, and I'd be tired as heck because my life is just doesn't <laughs> allow for sleep. You know, so now it does, yeah. which is great because then I sleep, which in theory gives me less time to get stuff done, but I'm more energized. So I'm more willing to get stuff done when I'm awake. Oh, good. So I've already you. cleaned up my office. I'm, I'm, my goal is to like, by the end of this calendar year, I'm going to have our whole house looking nice so that we've got actual, we can have people over and oh. not be like, yes, yeah, sorry, we have children here. <laughs> oh, <good laughs> we don't have time to clean for you. Tomorrow's going to be awful for me. But anyway, 
to, to get back to why I'm yeah. setting that up is I'm going to have time to do things that okay. I didn't before. So as much as I was able to do things before, I'm going to have even more, and I'm excited for that. But okay. let's talk about these last few fights, especially the split decision between Jack Della Maddalena and Kevin Holland, uh, which was all 29-28, you know, one of those natural splits. Nothing strange about it. We're just talking about round one as the deciding factor in a close competitive fight between two top fighters. Um, well, top 15 or whatever, right? Um, let's talk about round one, man. What do you think? It was a good round. Uh, I think when Dean Thomas came out, he called it a pedestrian round, although they did throw a ton of strikes each. It was kind of like they were just feeling each other out and giving each other good looks, you know, just throwing a bunch of volume. Kicking Kevin, kicking Kevin okay. Holland. Yeah, I can't talk today. Kicking Kevin Holland in the behind and him selling it yeah. like he's a he's a character in a in a cartoon. Yeah, that was that was funny. Uh, I'm not. It's a very close round. I think Madalena got through with the better shots overall. Holland did have a couple stiff ones, but I I just think it's a jack round. Super close. Uh, no no fight either way. The only thing I'd add to that is I thought that Holland started coming on a little later. And if he had a little bit yeah, more time, he might maybe. have been able to take it back. But, you know, you only have five minutes is what it is. But yeah. the momentum did carry over because he did win round two. Um, yeah, I, I also had it for Madalena. But this is very easy to go the other way. In fact, I, I almost – I didn't quite flip because I still felt good about my – and defensible about my score. But it's – yeah, it's a tough one. So this is just a real hard luck loss, I think, for Kevin Holland. We did see it the same way, though, as the majority, which was Eric Colon and Sal D'Amato. Mike Bell, the outjudge on this one as well seeing it for Holland, but yeah, perfectly defensible. It's un- it's just mm-hmm. someone had to lose a close fight. That's just the way it is. Yep. We've got two more here. This one being, uh, well, it was a round one, but in a fight that really ended up being in control for Kyle Nelson the rest of the way. He got the win over Fernando Padilla. Unanimous nod, 29-28 twice and a 30-27. But that first round, two of those scores went to Padilla. One went to Nelson. What happened in this round, and, and who's he for? I thought it was a competitive, uh, pretty competitive round. Uh, I thought Padilla was landing better with a little bit more effect and impact. Nelson was bleeding a little bit early. Uh, Padilla had some good kicks. Nelson had some good shots of his own to the head. He had some good body kicks and, and some really solid leg kicks. Yeah. But I do think it was a Padilla round. Close. No issue either way. Same. Yeah. I, had, I really don't have anything to add to that one, actually. So we saw it the same as the majority. Judges Mike Bell and Adelaide Bird. Sal D'Amato was the one off on his own for this one. I saw people grousing about the fact that, oh, my God, how do we get 30-27 out of this fight? I don't see why people are mad about that one. This is this seems okay to me. I heard. I think I, think I like my Padilla score, but I don't think it's that bad to go the other way. No. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and then the last round here. This one, uh, in a a fight that was almost entirely Tracy Cortez's fight, right? At least it felt that way for quite a while. Uh, Got the win over Jasmine DeSouda Vicious. 30-27 twice and a 29-28. We're talking about round two in this case, though. Um, This is the only one that somebody saw for DeSouda Vicious. Uh, What happened this round? I thought I thought this was the most interesting of uh, outside of the main event of who won the round. Uh, sure. discussion uh beginning of the round cortez continues to land like she was in the first uh but she seems to maybe be slowing down a bit and jazz davicius starts you know landing a little bit better she gets a couple takedowns but she's not really doing much with it at all you know she's getting around getting around through the body lock around the back a couple little punches here and there but nothing really uh of all that much effective offense when they separate cortez lands a real solid one two 
And I think that pushes it back in Cortez's favor. Very close round, but by those two strikes, I have it for Cortez. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. Um, I just I got really close to flipping near the end of the round for Jesuda Vicious. I think that's this is not, it's almost similar to Holland in the sense that maybe with a little bit more time, she makes it more clear to me that she could have won that round. Um, there's a good case for her. Uh, and Jacob Montalvo probably can make it. He's the one who scored it for score it for uh, Jesuda Vicious. And even the, the commentators really thought that that was like a pretty solid round for Jesuda Vicious. I don't think they necessarily saw it as overwhelming that way. But you know what? They changed their mind moment to moment and forget everything they just said. So who knows? Very true. Uh, <laughs> I did I did read on Twitter that 3027 Cortez was atrocious. It was atrocious. Atrocious. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Sorry. I forget everything I said. Yeah. I'm dumb. Um, <laughs> but me and Dan are fellow dummies and apparently so are Mike Bell and Sal D'Amato because they yeah. had it the same way we did yeah. for Cortez in round two, which meant 3027 for her. Exactly. Um take with that take from that what you will. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That's all we got. That's all the rounds. We we got through them. Um I don't think we're ever gonna have another one where we talk about so many eight nines, man. This is this is a unicorn. This is almost as unlikely as uh as a 10-7 be in the in the discussion. Yeah. Almost. Oh. <laughs> almost. Not quite. Um, but especially in these days, because again, we've mo- moved the goalpost on on what an eight nine mm. or what an eight really ends up being. So finish wise, we did have five finishes. There was there were six fights that ended early because we had the one no contest, but five of these were actual finishes, three K- T- KO or TKOs, depending on whether you bracket uh, around the T or put a slash after it. Dan and I will have that discussion another day off the air. Uh, two of them were submission victories. Two of them ended in the first round. What was your favorite? Uh, Loopy's rear naked choke over Elise Reed, pretty much as how I mentioned it before, because I, I found it hilarious. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. So, like, I mean, we're gonna, we let our arm break, but we're going to tap to a rear naked? Like, I don't get it. So, Maybe she just didn't have the fight in her anymore at that point. I don't know. I'm, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't pretend that I'm in Elise Reed's head. Uh, what was, uh, what was yours? I, I like Daniel Zahuber uh, locking up that Anaconda choke in round two. He, you know, he had a tough first round. Christos Yagos had some real good success in the first round. You saw some people talking online like, oh, maybe this is close to a 10-8 kind of thing. Um, Probably closer to a 10-8 than the fifth round of uh, the title fight, but still no. Mm. So whatever. But, the, but, you know, again, still a tough round in the start. And I thought Yagos even carried that over pretty well into round two, but, but Zahuber was able to take advantage of a – of a kind of a sloppy shot from Yagos, he just kind of left his neck there, and it's like, oh, I guess I'll just flip him over and go for the anaconda. It was just, it was beautiful because he turned a situation that, yes, because it was sloppiness, but also we see that front headlock all the time, and a lot of stuff doesn't really come off it. This, the front headlock, almost basically ended the fight. It was so fast. It was. It was I, that's what I really was marveling at. It was so fast. I know I had a bad. I had a bad view. I thought he. I thought the way Yago tapped, he was doing the salt bay, dropping the salt. <laughs> I thought that's how he was doing it. But then when they got the, because then when they did the replay of the other angle, I was like, oh, he didn't do that. I didn't so, see it that way. Yeah, that's how I saw it the first time. I got. I don't have the greatest of eyes, as you know. That's true. So yeah, we, we had a we had a, a discussion about how we were going to make sure Dan and I are going to a ball game uh, with my brothers-in-law, incidentally in a couple weeks and uh dan's like we got to make sure we get cer- seats in a certain spot because i can't see the ball otherwise and I'm like, all right, fine. I, I can't all right we'll figure it out dan calm down i can't <laughs> but yeah we, we got some uh we got free tickets out of it so and, and they're in a section dan can see so that'll be a good perfect mm-hmm. um that's it for this weekend 
we got to look ahead to the next weekend. And this is this is our like trial by fire right before we get a break from live fights for one weekend, just on one merciful break here. But we are going to have not just two fights, two major events coming up in Bellator 299 and UFC Vegas 79. You want to call it a major event, whatever. Um, the major promotions, North American promotions events is really what I'm talking about. They're not just this weekend. They're on the same day. Usually you get staggered. I like when Bellator's on Friday and, and, and UFC is on a Saturday. I think when they go international and they got to do it earlier, at least it's a little different. So we do have Bellator starting Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern time, main card, which would be on Showtime, of course. Johnny Eblen defending the middleweight title against uh, Fabian Edwards here, who is the brother of Leon Edwards. Yeah. Are you liking this fight? And, and I'm, you're always different with Bellator. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, at 4 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday, uh, college football will be occupying most of my TVs. <laughs> I'll say that. Fair enough. Um, but uh, if it's a good fight. watch this fight, though. This is yeah, no, I like, no, Johnny Edwards is arguably one of the, you know, if not the best middleweight in the world at the moment. So. One could make the case. So. He, did, he was actually, he sparred over the last few years with Sean Strickland, and he did for this each of their title fights um, in the last few months. So if you go over to extreme couture and you watch them, it's, it's sparring, but it's, you know, yeah. you still get to watch t- the closest you're going to get to cross promotion. <laughs> it's true. Of the champions. <laughs> so yeah, no, like I'll probably, fight. I'll probably actually tune into this one. So. You should, you should. I think you should watch Aaron Pico against uh, Pedro Cavallo too. I like, I like Pico. I'm, I'm interested to see, because he obviously had such a weird, I, they completely mismanaged his career to begin with because they were trying to make him this super hype prospect, which, okay, fine. Like hype is one thing, but still should have looked out for him a little bit better in the matchmaking. Nonetheless, the cream is rising and I want to see if he can get to the top. If he wins this fight, I bet you he gets a, a shot at the 145 pound title. Probably, arguably hmm. he could have already got it, but um, but they are in Ireland for this. And this is the reason why we're having it in the afternoon. We're going to be expecting probably a mix of the judges from the UK and the judges that frequently work uh, for the Mohegan Tribe Commission whenever they fight at uh, Mohegan Sun Casino. Mm. Names that we're familiar with should be good judging. I'm, I'm in no way worried about the, the scoring that we can expect here. Yeah. Funny thing, by the way, about Johnny Eblen. Yeah. He did for the first time in his last fight have split rounds, okay. but he's never lost a round in his career because he still got the majority of those rounds he got the majority in each of those two rounds absolutely mm. it, and he's he's only got first round finishes and clear decision victories and where he's never lost a round mm-hmm. it's an interesting streak yeah bears witnessing where bear, bears uh bears keeping an eye on right maybe mm-hmm. i maybe i jinxed it i don't know we'll see we'll see <laughs> and then we've also got like i said ufc vegas 79 uh that one starts at 7 p.m eastern time the main card so there's gonna be some overlap on you know the prelims and that kind of thing You've got four TVs. You can put two college and, and two fights on. That's not how it works. <laughs> Fair enough. Fine. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the headliner here being Rafael Faziev against Matush Gamrat. That one you got to watch. You have to watch. Oh, uh, two title, Definitely. future title contenders right there. Either one could so. be true. Uh, 155. I, I like this fight. It's a good fight. Um, I'm curious to see how it plays out. I could, I could see it end up being maybe a grappling fight that we're not – going to enjoy so much when we have a physiev on the card we're hoping for something a little more upright you know mm. but that doesn't mean it will be a bad fight or a boring fight that way it's just it adds the potential that it won't be what we like to see when we see rafael physiev's name okay that's all i would say with that 
Um, of course, it's Vegas, Nevada judges. The ones who aren't flying out to Ireland are probably going to be there. Most mm -hmm. of them anyway. Um, not worried about the judging there. Nope. We've got Bryce Mitchell against Danny Gay in the co-main. That's a good fight. I think it'll be interesting to see where Bryce Mitchell stands against someone like Danny Gay here. Because mm -hmm. we, obviously we had a setback in, in Bryce Mitchell's career now. Let's see how we respond. Yep. I know he's got another setback. Someone is... is girlfriend's ex-girlfriend killed his trees or something like that that was a setback in his life that was weird yeah i don't know he was talking <laughs> about it it was I, I mean i don't wish ill on trees or anything like that but that was definitely not what i expected to read uh last week mm -hmm. um i'm not laughing about trees dying that sucks but uh the other fight that i did want to see and I, I think this could be an interesting fight actually i think it actually could be a sleeper for fight of the night i'm not saying it will be but it's like kind of like a dark horse like a really 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 dark horse for sleeper uh, fight of the night marina rodriguez against uh michelle watterson gomez yeah it's gonna be a dark horse super <laughs> super dark horse I'm, I'm probably going out too much on a limb on that one it's very likely that one we'll be talking about with contested rounds but i did pick a different one as our contested rounds candidate this weekend it was uh ricardo hamosh against charles jordan okay which i think could be a good fight but i could see that one being close fair anything to add my friend that's it i mean we spoke about usman earlier his brother's fighting on this card yes he is so. that's right muhammad sure. usman is against uh jake collier yeah that's right formal middleweight jake collier yeah he don't look like a middleweight anymore <laughs> not a little bit <laughs> all right that does it we'll be back again monday we'll break down uh, some bellator some ufc probably all the bell all the ufc and the main card bellator maybe yeah, thanks for definitely listening. the title fight for sure if yeah. needed. Thanks for listening. Take care, y'all.